Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church. Wow, thank you so much. Good morning, how are you? Wow, it's good to be with you. Some of you look just a little confused, like, hey, I thought that guy went to Morden. <laughs> uh, just kidding. We, um, yes, we are not gone, gone, right? But yes, we did. My family and I, we recently took up a role in Morden as campus pastors there, as most of you know. Um, and it's just a little update on that. It's been going really well. Um, we feel just blessed and we've so appreciated you know, just starting to make connections, starting to build relationships there. Uh, and we feel like God is, is on the move and he's, he's beginning something really beautiful. So thank you that um, you've been with us as well in different ways. And um, yeah, for your support. It's really cool that we're not in it alone. Um, and so we appreciate you. And um, please don't stop praying and uh, continuing to lift up uh, this endeavor as we do this together as a church. Uh, it's very important, right? Uh, So we're in this together. So thank you for your prayers and support. Awesome. Okay, well, I hope you're doing well. We're going to pray to open, and then I'll get into God's word and what he has for us this morning. Father, thank you that um, you still speak today. You speak through your word. And so we we take the time to open ourselves up to what you want to say. So I just invite you where you are. Just open yourself up in your own words, in your own heart. Just say, God, um, I'm, I'm ready to hear from you. Whatever this week has held for me so far, God, I open myself up and I'm ready to hear from you. Yes, Lord. So speak through me and beyond me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Awesome. Well, I get to come and and be with you, like I said, and I get to start a new series, which, uh, by the way, was the Moore series good? Yeah, it was so good. I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, it, it, we wrapped it up a few weeks ago and, and we had Easter. And now we're jumping into this new series called This Is Us. This is us. Tell someone next to you, this is us. This is us. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be a series focusing on relationships. Now, as we know, of course, that a lot of our life is built around relationships, Right? Uh, If you think about work, you think about family, friends, of course your marriage, a lot of life is relationships. That's what life is. And so in these next few weeks, we really want to bring some of what we believe is going to be thoughts from God's word that are going to build into healthy relationships. So you guys ready for that? Yeah? Good? Okay. Um, So I'm going to start off, I'm going to kick us off today by talking about the impact of our words the impact that our words have in our relationships. And so I titled it Words Matter um, because words matter. And that's what we're going to be talking about, um, words and and how they impact our relationships. Now, we know that words are, are at the heart of our relationships. Words are how we communicate. And so words are at the heart of relationships. If you think about your workplace relationships, um, you use words, of course, to talk to coworkers, to come up with ideas and strategies and make plans and make decisions and and all of it, right? Um, You know, relay information, all of that. And if you think about family relationships, communication and words, it's, it's at the heart of relationships there too. Of course, we, we use words to, to talk about like what, what's happening, you know, you know, communicating schedules and what's happening with the kids and 
and, and of course, the day-to-day things, but also, you know, to, to connect emotionally, we use words. We use words to, to, to share, you know, um, feelings and dreams and desires. We use words to resolve conflicts. Words are at the heart of our relationships, right? We get that. It's, it's how we communicate. It's how we speak to each other. This is why words matter. Words really matter. Tell someone next to you, words matter. Yeah, they do. They, they, they really matter because they're at the heart of our relationships. I don't know if you knew this, but on average, as people, we speak 16,000 words per day. Now, I, I know that a lot of you uh, really skew that number, uh, skew that average. Um, just kidding. Coming from me, who's going to be doing most of the talking for the next 30 minutes or so. Um, 16,000 words per day. That's like writing a 60-page book every day with our words, right? And, and I've heard that on average we'll have about 30 conversations in a day. 30 different conversations in different ways. And so 16,000 words, 60-page book, 30 conversations. I mean, that's a lot of words. And what can sometimes happen is just the sheer volume, the sheer number of words that we speak in a day can sometimes cause us to dismiss the the significance and the power of each of those words, right? Isn't that kind of what happens sometimes? You know, it's kind of like we're at the beach and we pick up a a handful of sand. There's lots of grains of sand in in my hand, right? But so what's the big deal if some grains kind of slip through my fingers and, and fall over the sides of my hand, right? But with our words... That, that, that's not the case, right? Each word matters, and so we have to value, and we can't dismiss the value and, and the importance of each of our words. Our words matter. They're at the heart of relationships, and that makes them incredibly powerful and incredibly important. Um, you look at James chapter 3, and um, this is James is, is such a good writer, and I love what he says. Let's read it together in James 3, verse 2 to 5. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. I like how James, the brother of Jesus, who's had an, you know, just this, this, this inside view of Jesus his whole life, you know, and, and he just groups himself right in here with us. We all make many mistakes. That's what he says. I love that. I love how he starts. And then he goes on. He says, for if we would control, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That's, that's a strong statement, right? And then he goes on in verse 3. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even, through the, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. So the words that our tongue speaks are very, very, very powerful. And that's what James is saying, so much so that our words actually steer our lives. That's what he's saying. Just like the the bit in a horse's mouth, it it steers the whole powerful animal. I mean, think about how big a horse is. And this little metal thing in its mouth can steer the whole animal. 
or, or like a rudder on a ship. I mean, that's not a very big part in relation to the rest of the ship, of course, but this little thing, it steers the whole ship, even when the wind and waves are strong. And it's, it's saying, James is saying, our words in this way, they lead the way in our life. They, they steer our whole life. They actually determine the direction of our life. And in the same way, of course, we can take that to mean in the context of our relationships that our words steer our relationships. Our words will actually steer our relationship. That's what makes them so powerful is because our words, they lead the way as we communicate, as we um, speak to each other in our relationships. We need to understand our words are steering the way. They're determining the direction of our life. We know this, right? And we've probably all seen it where our words steer our relationships. And, and that's, the, that's the reality. Our words steer our relationships toward either good or bad. Either toward healthy or unhealthy. Toward either life or death. And that's what the Bible says in Proverbs 18 verse 21 it says the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. What a statement, right? From the wisest man who ever lived. The tongue can bring death or life. Isn't it true that our words in our relationships can bring either life or death? Isn't that true? We, we see it, right? And of course we're not talking about literal death, but we're talking about the reality that our words can either build up or tear down. And this we know is true. Our words can bring destruction and pain or life and healing. And that's what the proverb is saying, life or death. And this really lines up with what James is saying too. And he, he goes on in verse five and continues in verse six and, and he, he goes on telling us just how destructive our tongue can be. And I don't think you have verse six up there, my apologies, but I'll, I'll read it for us. The end of verse five says, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And then verse six says, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. <laughs> it's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. This is very, very strong language from James, right? I mean, we don't, we don't hear a lot of writers speak like this, but this is very strong language. And I think the reason why he's using this language is to prove this point as clearly, to make this point as clearly and as strongly as he can, that our words can be so destructive, our words can be so destructive. They can so quickly tear down. He's saying, be aware of the power of your words. Be aware of the power of your tongue because in life and in relationships, it's so easy to get careless, right? It's easy to get careless. And he's saying, don't get careless. We have to treat our words like we would treat a lit match, it's saying it's a flame of fire, so it's, it's like a lit match, and we know we don't mess around with a lit match, right? A, a lit match can burn down a whole forest. 
don't know if you've ever seen a forest fire. Um, I've, I've never actually seen a forest fire up close, but um, we know that a forest fire destroys everything in its path, right? Even the smoke, and I'm sure we've all seen the smoke, right? Even the smoke, it, it damages the air quality. It, it, it damages things, and it's destructive, right? It, this, uh, this past fall, um, I visited Chilliwack, BC, and if you've ever been in the Fraser Valley, you know it, it's beautiful, right? Just a gorgeous place. There's mountains all around, big, majestic mountains, and, and you can't look up and not see a mountain if you're in Chilliwack, uh, which is pretty cool. But while we were there, actually, there was so many wildfires in BC, in the province of BC that, and, and surrounding, that there was so much smoke, like the mountains were actually just, they looked distant, and they looked faint through the smoke. And so even though we were nowhere near the fire, even though we were nowhere near the flames, they were probably hundreds of miles away, we were still impacted by this one small spark, this one small spark that started this fire. And of course, I don't know what started that fire, but they say about 40% of wildfires are started by humans, by people. Maybe a careless campfire, maybe a, you know, throwing out a cigarette or, or something like that carelessly. And so there's a decent chance th this was because someone had just been careless with a little spark, right? And that's what James is saying. The damage can be so widespread, even from a little spark. Don't get careless. You might not think that the tongue can be this destructive, but realize it really can. I mean, look at other examples. Look in the world. Look at history and how many wars have been started by words that were spoken. You know, maybe a, maybe a leader in, in some country makes a speech and, and there's hateful words in his speech and that can start a war. I mean, look at the, the devastation of that and the lives that are lost, all from this little spark. Right? Or, or think about a, a marriage that's in ruins and everything is burnt and charred in the relationship because of, if you trace it back, most likely the origin of the fire was a little spark caused by words. So many things like this, right? Just one little spark. And if we think back in our own lives at the power of words and how destructive they can be, we can probably all remember a, a, a word that was spoken or something that was said to us. Maybe even as far back as our childhood, we can probably all remember something that was said that, that really stuck. And it was really damaging. And it really, it, it, it was painful and it hurt us deeply. We can probably all remember that. Don't, don't words have a way of sticking? You know, that, that makes me think of that saying, um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Man, that's not true, right? So not true. Words stick, you know? And, and that's what Proverbs 12, 18 talks about as well. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. They can cause so much damage. And then it says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue of the wise brings healing. So you can have reckless words that bring damage, but the flip side is that the tongue can also bring life and healing. Wise words bring life and healing. So 
Yes, our tongue brings death, but it can also bring life. I mean, think about the flip side. You can probably remember a time when someone said something really positive to you and it really built you up. Maybe it was a surface level thing, you know, maybe your spouse just told you one day, man, you look good, you know, and just, did you lose weight or what, you know? That probably stuck with you too, right? You probably remember which shirt you were wearing that day, right? Our, our, our words can bring life. Our words, even the positive words, they really stick. Maybe it was something way deeper than that. Maybe it was a season you were in and, and things were really brutal and someone came and just spoke life. When it seemed like all around you there was just devastation and, and death in your life, someone came and their word, with their words spoke life into you. And it was so powerful. And it changed you know, it, it, it impacted your heart. Those words stick too. And so our words can bring death or life. And, and Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Isn't that beautiful? It's sweet to the soul, but it's, it can even be healthy for the body. So in our relationships, words matter. They can bring destruction, they can bring pain, but they can also bring life and healing. If you look at Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, don't use foul or abusive language, which, by the way, is not just talking about don't curse. I think it's talking about more than that. It shows us as it goes on. It says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Everything that you say should be good and helpful. I mean, that, that is a very challenging verse. Are you challenged by that? I'm, I'm challenged by that. Um, and by the way, all of this, as I was preparing for this message, is, is such a, it's, it's challenging me. If you feel challenged, know that I am as well. Um, this challenges our, 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 our lives because if you, if you did an inventory of your life, if, if we did an inventory, we would see very quickly we're, we're on a journey in this, right? We, we're not, we have not arrived at the place where our words, every single one of them, are good and helpful, like this verse says. We, we're probably on our way there right? But we're probably not there. We probably haven't arrived to the point where all of our words bring life in our relationships. So how do we do this more? How do we take a, a good step toward our words being good and helpful and encouraging, words that bring life? And I think Luke gives us some really amazing insight into this. In Luke 6, Verse 43 to 45, he says, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. That makes sense, right? Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. And then in 45, he says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. 
And then he finishes by putting it all together for us and saying, what you say flows from what is in your heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. He's giving us this illustration. A, a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. And what he's saying here is that our heart is the tree. And our words are the fruit. Everything that you say flows from what is in your heart. And that's why it's so important that we check the tree. We've got to check the tree, right? We've got to check our hearts. We, we can't expect our words to bring life when our heart isn't in a good place, right? It's only, it, it only makes sense that a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. So we've got to check our hearts. And when the Bible is talking about our hearts, it's talking about like our thought life and our emotions and like this, this central part of who we are. It's like this command center of our life. Like, like, the, like the spiritual hub of our life where all the other spokes of life connect to this. And I think we all kind of know what that part of us is, right? It's the command center and that's what it's saying that this is where your words flow from. It, it, have you ever had it happen where your words just kind of popped out? You know, it's like you, you, you tried to stop them or maybe you didn't and they just popped out like the words just, they came out. It was a reaction. Maybe somebody cut you off at an intersection or, or your spouse was doing that thing again, you know, and, and, and you're, you just reacted. The words just popped out. You, you, you didn't stop them. And maybe a, a minute or two later, you find yourself asking, where did that come from? Where did that come from, right? And according to Luke, it's, it's out of the overflow of the heart. That's why it's so important that we ask ourselves, how's our heart doing? How's our heart doing? What, what's going on in there? And, and I want to... I want to help us reflect on this a little deeper by looking at some examples of, of what kind of fruit comes from what kind of heart. So I want to give us some examples because I believe we always have a heart condition, then we have a fruit of that condition, and then we have an impact in our relationships. So we have a heart, we have a fruit, and we have an impact. And if we look at some examples, these are just a few a heart filled with bitterness speaks angry words. And the impact in our relationships is hurt and rejection, among many other things, probably. That's what people in your life will feel. If your heart is full of bitterness, the fruit is angry words, and that's what they'll feel. Like if someone did something to you, or, or, or life has just been unfair so easy to have a heart of bitterness, right? We can see there's a fruit and there's an impact. If you look at the other, on the other hand though, forgiveness, a heart filled with forgiveness speaks gracious words. Because we know we've been forgiven much. 
So we speak gracious words, and the impact in our relationships is peace and acceptance. A heart filled with jealousy, you know, we're always trying to keep up with, with everyone else, right? And that can really cause us to feel jealous. It seems like everyone else has it together. Got to try to keep up. But the fruit is that heart speaks gossiping words. Because we got to understand, we got to know where everyone's at so we know where we need to be, right? And the impact is hurt and mistrust. There's few things that cause mistrust like gossip, right? A heart of contentment, on the other hand, filled with contentment, speaks words of blessing. People feel supported and blessed by you. A heart filled with entitlement speaks complaining words, and people feel unappreciated. A heart filled with gratitude speaks uplifting words, and people feel appreciated. A heart filled with condemnation speaks judgmental words, and people feel criticized, never feel like they're enough, can't do anything right. A heart filled with love speaks compassionate words, and people feel cared for and loved. Isn't it true? There's, there's a heart, there's a fruit, and there's an impact. And so we, we want to pay attention to what the fruit is that our heart is bearing. As, as we look at this list, I, I want us to reflect for a moment. What, which, which of these categories of words would best describe your vocabulary? I, I gotta ask myself that, right? Because it's, it's, it's gonna show, if, if my words are in the positive camp, and my words are you know, creating positive impact in my relationships, that shows where my heart is at. If, if they're creating, if they're in the negative camp and they're creating negative impact in my relationships, that shows where my heart is at. And so we've, we've got to do these heart checks. We've got to do this, this evaluation of our hearts because that's where this flows from. It's, it's all about our heart. And maybe you're thinking, well, it's also about self-discipline. It's also about you know, our behavior and, and modifying our behavior. And yes, that's true. And yes, there's a place for that. But if you're going to focus only on behavior modification without a heart renovation, you're just going to have frustration. Yeah, I know, Brad thinks he's a poet. Sheesh. I'm going to say it again, though. Behavior modification without a heart renovation will just leave you with frustration. Because the most effective way to fix our behavior is to deal with our heart. That makes sense, right? Because if the Bible is true, and it is, that's where our words flow from. It has to start with a heart renovation. And from that place, as God changes our heart, it's from that place that our behavior will begin to change. And, and, and we'll start to have that self-discipline that we need to tame this flame of fire that the Bible calls our tongue. We need a heart renovation. It only makes sense if we want to produce good fruit. It's, it's got to start by getting the tree healthy. We got to start paying attention to the soil around the tree. Is it getting the nutrients it needs? Is it getting the water that it needs? Is, it, is there chemicals nearby that 
could get into the root system and damage the tree. And same with our hearts, right? We gotta, if we're gonna maintain a healthy heart, we've, we've gotta start paying attention to what goes in there. What, what's, what's going in there, right? Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. It's saying it again, right? And it's saying, guard your heart. Everything you do flows from that command center, So we've got to guard it. We've got to actively watch over and filter what we take in. What are we letting in there, right? When it comes to to media that we consume, TV, video games, what's going in there? You know, even uh, I think about social media, right? And there's some cool things about social media. There's also some things that are not that cool. And, And one of them is the way that it creates, it can easily create a heart of jealousy, right? Because we only see the people's highlights. We only see all the, all the picture-perfect moments. And it can kind of cause this jealousy, right? So, so what are we allowing in? You know, uh, guarding our heart could even be, you know, watching carefully what, what kind of conversations we're allowing ourselves to be a part of. Because gossip and negative conversations, I mean, that can be such a toxin, right? Or... Maybe it's filtering the music we listen to. I mean, that's a big part, right? We know there's always a message in the music we hear. So what are we letting in there? What are we letting in there, right? It, it, it shapes our command center. We've got to guard our heart. So it's about what we let in there, but also what are we intentionally putting in there? It's not just about keeping out. It's about putting in. So things like worship... I mean, think about worship, right? Like, we're, we're made for worship. We are. That's what the Bible says. We're made for worship. Isn't there something so powerful when we do what we were created for? Doesn't that change something in our hearts, right? Or, or reading the word, if we're filling ourselves and immersing ourselves in God's word, doesn't that change something in there? And so being intentional in what we immerse ourselves in is so important. I love Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of them, my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. And then verse 22, I love it. It says, for they bring life. God's word brings life to those who find them, and healing to their whole body. So guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So we can't lose sight of God's word, right? We've got to immerse ourselves. We've got to soak our hearts and let our hearts marinate in God's word. It, It changes everything. It's how he renovates our hearts. As we soak in his word, he brings life to our hearts. That's what it says. His words bring life. And and as we experience that life in our hearts, that's the source of the life we need in our words for our relationships, right? So we've got to immerse ourselves in, in the things of God. And I invite you this week, try it. Try it. Immerse yourself in, in worship. Turn on some worship music and just, just soak. 
Or, or put it in the background in whatever you're doing. If you've got busy days, just put it in the background. See what it does to your heart. Or, or, or just immerse yourself in the word, whether that's reading it or, or listening to it. Immerse yourself. Let your heart soak in the word and, and watch what it does to your heart. I believe it's going to impact you. I believe it's going to impact your relationships. I believe it's going to impact the way you communicate, the, the words you speak. And I believe that without even trying, you're going to find yourself in a place where out of an overflow, you're just bringing life. You're building up relationships around you. Without even trying, it's going to be an overflow. And the truth is, there's people in your life that desperately need it. For many of us, we've probably been battling with this for a long time, right? Like our words, right? And I believe God wants to say through me today, it, it's time. It's time to deal with this. It's, it's time to pay attention to what's going into your heart. It's time to pay attention to what's happening in there because the people around you desperately need for you to bring life with your words and not death. So as I close this morning, uh, I'm gonna simplify my whole message into one slide. So look up, a healthy heart equals healthy words and Healthy words equal healthy relationships. Isn't that true? Amen. Awesome. Stand with me as I close in prayer. God, this morning we recognize that you are the only one who can truly tame our tongue. You are the only one who can bring the heart change that I need to, to really bring life and, and really speak words that build up my relationships. I recognize that, God. We recognize that. And we look to you, God, for your work and your hand. God, we, we, we recognize we need you and we ask you to come. If this relates to you, if this impacts you, this message, you feel like it's for you, I invite you just where you are to respond to God just in your own heart and say, God, I, I give you permission to renovate my heart. Give you permission to bring conviction in an area that might need it where there's, where there's toxins like bitterness or jealousy or entitlement or anything else. God, I invite you to come. I invite you to, by your grace, change me and help me to do my part in changing what I need to change so that my heart and my words will bring life so that they will be good and helpful words like you call us to in Ephesians we want to speak words that encourage so help us God in this thank you Father that you by your grace you make a way and God, I believe you can even restore relationships. I believe you can even restore, if, if this has been a, a, a thing for us, a, a, a difficulty or a part of our life that we've been struggling with, God, I believe that you can restore. So come and do that, I pray. Bless your people, in Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.